If anyone could build a bridge between ice cream and jazz, it would be David Pan, founder of Bebop, a premium homegrown ice cream label. The label named itself Bebop because, as Pan put it, founders wanted to redefine ice cream the way jazz musicians redefined music. Pan shares his experience starting up a business during COVID and the lessons he learned as a serial startup entrepreneur in this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. Well, I'm going to start with a, a, a quote from Steve Jobs that we put on our bag. That says, you know, Steve Jobs said, "If you want to make everybody happy, don't be a leader. Sell ice cream." Okay. So you know, even Steve Jobs says that this is a job that makes people happy. So, and, and I think it's you know, in this day and age, who doesn't need a little bit of happiness? Right. Like when we go to our shop, we see customers eat it, and when we eat it, like you know, when we go on Monday, you know, for a meeting. The job, the hard job we have is we have to taste different flavors. This is like you know what's gonna go and oh, what's gonna go. Oh, I feel go. so so. Yeah, for I you. know, I know. Me too. We have to eat all the ice cream. So why do Bebop? Is because even though we love ice cream, I think that because of our changes in our lifestyle, like we like the delight of eating ice cream, but it can take a bigger toll on our body than it could. So then we came up with this new formula. So we remove、uh, cream. Which is like if you eat premium ice cream, that's the number one ingredient. We removed it, and then we use milk. But if you just put milk in the fridge, it'll freeze over, right? So we have this new, or we're gonna say revolutionary technique where we add rice,、uh, barley, 薏仁 and also olive oil into the the milk blend to give it that creamy texture. So as a result, our ice cream is around half of the calorie because you know flavors they're different. Of other premium ice creams. Okay, so did you compromise on the the flavors at all when you started messing with、uh, <laughs> with messing with perfection? Yes. Well, we because and another thing too, our mix is because it's all natural. We don't add any additive, even though premium ice creams are generally pretty clean. Like we don't add any additive, and so as a result, like you know, the different stuff it does taste different to a creamy like、uh, ice cream made with cream. But a lot of people. They actually say that you know once they've had it, they can't go back to the thing before. I mean, I'm a, I'm an ice cream guy. I eat a lot of ice cream, and I have to admit that even after started eating ice cream when we you know Bebop when we made it, I you know when I eat the brands I used to like to eat and I still like a lot, I sometimes can't finish it because I've moved on to this newer way of eating ice cream. Would you say that Taiwan is a good place to experiment with ideas like this? Yeah. I think Taiwan is a good place to start it, and you know when we started ice cream, I think even though Taiwan has a lot of already established ice cream brands, but I think that most of Taiwanese ice cream brands are more like mass market. I still eat a lot of it because it's stuff that I've ate, you know, from childhood. But when it comes to premium ice cream, Taiwan really doesn't have a premium ice cream. You have a lot of like premium ice cream shops, but we're going for like food which you buy in the supermarkets. But in terms of premium ice cream made in a factory, a food factory,、uh, we. Actually, don't really have a brand that serves that category, but I think it's also because of you know food industry has been established and then as a market growth. So I think Bebop is like possible because the market is growing, and I think new customers are looking for something more. And I think with Bebop, we hope to fill that gap. Okay, did you just wake up one morning and decide <laughs> Taiwan really needs another ice cream brand because because、yeah. it doesn't have it? Yeah,、know? yeah. I think we it started from the point where we like eating ice cream. I'm a bit of an ice cream addict, to be honest. I got ice cream every day. So I think it started from that. If we're going to do ice cream, what can we do to do something that we think the market needs or I would like to have? So I think 
the, the discussion point started then. But I had an idea of what I would like to have. I didn't know if it was achievable. So then at that point, I asked my sister, and this was during the pandemic. You know, when Taiwan wasn't locked down in 2020, but during 2021, in around May, we got locked down. During that time, my sister was locked up. She doesn't have anything to do. So I bought her an ice cream, you know, homemaker. And I said, try to make this work. And then she took maybe up two months, but then finally hit on the way of making ice cream without cream. And then, and then we tested it and then we got it to work because it is still hard to try to achieve that creaminess. So after we started, you know, bringing bebop to the market, we shared it with several like prominent chefs in Taipei and you know, one or two of them share that they did try to make ice cream without cream, but they weren't able to do it. So then I think we did hit on a, on a special technique. You mentioned that you started this business in the height of COVID. Yeah. Can you talk about the challenges of not just doing business? Yeah during COVID, but starting business. In the case of Bebop, it's, it's very special to me because I did this one with a family and friends. So then like there are seven founders in the company and they're all friends. And then we kind of did this together. So I think it was because of COVID that, you know, we weren't as busy. So then we could work on this together. And then so actually I would say that COVID created like the hotbed for this to happen. So and because it was friends and family, you could still see each other socially because the lockdown doesn't shut that off. Right. Even though it was long distance and you don't meet as much, but but we were still working together online. Okay, you you call yourself a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. What other ventures have you? Oh, I've done a lot. I mean, because I started my career not like in food, but I started my career in marketing and branding. So I worked with a lot of food startups. A few of them you would know. I worked in yogurt. I worked in pastry. Uh, you know, some innovative products. You know, like uh, juice and different kinds of like sea bass. But like mainly around food because I think. I think that in the case of Taiwan, where there's an area to really try to excel in branding, it's in the area of food. Because a lot of our tech companies, they make parts for other people. But in terms of creating original brands, I think that food industry is an area where, you know, I mean, to be honest, the startup cost is lower. So for, for entrepreneurs to test their ideas and then to try to do something. What is the most challenging startup you've had to look at try it and then walk <laughs> away from it okay what is your most i guess what i'm uh, asking what is what your most stellar failure is as a lesson to somebody who okay. might want to try something okay. my most challenging startup and i think from it i learned the most was around the time of 2012 when you know we were starting to get digital in terms of media i started a print publication in taiwan why would you do that it, it was an offshoot of another startup we were doing that was selling, you know, frozen food. And then, but this, this is how it goes with starting up, you know, like things don't always go as you you plan. So I had planned that magazine as a, for free magazine for members. And then we found like a very good ad director to help us sell ads for that magazine. And that person suggested that we should make a full publication. And the CEO at the time decided we should go for it. So we did it. And then after a few months, I took it over because the CEO felt, you know, she couldn't do it anymore. So I started, I ran it for three years. And that was most challenging because it's daunting to do a publication of any kind, say the least, a print publication during the time when the world was going digital. But I learned so much about demand and need, you know, not just to make a product that you think is good, that people like, but one that people actually desire and want to buy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So-, yeah. so I've had a lot of failures. This is just probably, you know, <laughs> one that... 
I what really, are you planning to do to keep Bebop from becoming one of those failures? <laughs> I mean, I think that the thing I learned from that print publication um, experience was that when you present it to people, I think it was everybody likes, oh, this is so good. But then nobody would buy it because, you know, they love it if you give it to them. But nobody actually sent it because they didn't need it. They didn't need it even though it's nice to have. But in the case of Bebop, I'm very happy that over the last you know, year and a half, we're not two years old yet when it comes to you know, launching the product. We will be at the end of October. Uh, the demand has been really, really good to the point that we are now in the process of building our food plant. And then that will be like international standard. We're, we're going for that in Pindong nearing the end of this year. So I think it's because, and right right now, we're actually having a hard time keeping up with the demand for Bebop. So yeah. what takeaways do you have from, from previous that? failures? Oh, okay. And what are you bringing to the table with this particular adventure that ensures that this isn't going to go the way of <laughs> the other yeah. ventures yeah. you've had? I, I, I think that when off. you do a startup, you do all you can with it. And every startup you do, you get better because you learn. I mean, you learn probably more through your failures than you do through your successes. So you learn. But I think that there is a, a element of a startup that you could do all that you could do. And you could say, oh, you know, I study the market, all of that. But you don't know until you've launched it. Like, you know, you don't know after you've put it onto the market whether or not that thing is going to is going to work. I think that, you know, uh, in the case of Bebop, we still don't know. But but from early signs, from our own experience, our own, you know, reading of it, and then also from our friends, you know, who are familiar with startup, what they tell us. I mean, you know, we're hopeful. You are listening to David Pan, founder of Bebop. And that does it for this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Hope Go. Do join us again next time. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>